Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, welcome this winter's evening to Gatecast episode 252, assuming you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Once again, the numbering system is a little off. This is episode 254. Apologies to Alan for misleading him. And we have a guest. Yes, once again I'm back. It's Thomas. Good to have you back, Thomas. You have a good Christmas and New Year? It's been a pretty good one. How about you, Alan? I got tea. You got tea? (laughs) Okay. I got 160 bags of tea, which, given that I have one cup a day, should take me through until I fly back to Ireland at the end of May. You say it's not how big the present is, if it's what you want. And if you wanted bags of tea, then you're happy. Well, actually, I wanted bags of tea in the other sense, as in the sense that the word bags means lots. Okay. But unfortunately, since I flew back here on the 29th of December, and the 28th of December when I bought the tea was the first day the major shopping centre near my parents' house was open, I wasn't willing to go near it. <laughs> Understood. Right. About like me on Black Friday here in the US, I do not go near a any merchandise store that day it's gonna be chaos i've seen shock i have an idea what black friday is like okay then folks welcome to the first recorded episode of 2015 we hope you all had a good christmas and new year although this will be actually going out a bit later in the year <laughs> we've got a few episodes that are in the can we do oh good of course we do so you always you do yeah I, I really don't want to be working week to week that's not <laughs> that's too much pressure that is over the holidays, I didn't really... So what shows did you catch up on? I think I've, I'm up to speed with Resurrection. Podcast, I mean, not TV shows, podcast. No, I meant TV shows. Oh, I were on about podcasts. Oh. <laughs> I've been trying to drag a discussion out with the people on the Banks forum because I got given some shelves by my friend Hetsku and I've now got my Blu-rays and my DVDs alphabetized on two separate sets of shelves. And I came across the BBC production of something you may or may not have seen, Mike, in Banks is the Crow Road. No, I haven't. It's there's a very young and long-haired hippie-ish Peter Capaldi. Hmm. So vintage BBC then. Early 90s. Well, he's not that young then. <laughs> he looks young. His hair isn't grey and it's long. Okay. He has tumbling, poorly locked down past his shoulders. So the fact that it's dark colour, even if it's dyed, also he doesn't look, he doesn't have the sort of desiccated look that he's maintained recently. If you follow me, he looks like most of the moisture has been sucked out of him. Mm-hmm. You watched any of that, Agent Carter? All of it. How are you, Thomas? I haven't watched Agent Carter yet. I've actually just recently started watching the first season of Agents of Shield. It's a bit hit and miss. Yeah, I've seen the first, I think, three or four episodes. Yeah, it, it does pick up though. It, yeah. it starts getting very strong halfway through the first season. I quite liked the second season. Season three, I'm not so sure about. Not even broadcast yet. We're only in second oh, season. sorry. My apologies. <laughs> then you're right. The latter half of the first season is definitely fun. But character feels a lot tighter. And the fact that they deliberately spun it off Captain America and it's the same actress. Oh, yeah. 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 It took me a while to recognize the waitress at the diner uh, during Nikita. I, I didn't watch it. I'm actually burning through season two of The Blacklist. Yeah. Which I like a lot. And which, Thomas, if you're not watching, I recommend. No, I've not seen The Blacklist. I have to say, Spader's performance is exemplary. And very much handling uh, Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Definitely the vibe that I get off it, anyway. I did watch a lot over Christmas, but it was most catching up on stuff I should have watched earlier in the year. I showed Maria Ritis on Wednesday, Dr. Horrible. I had planned to show five minutes of it, but she wouldn't let me stop it. It's in that long, is it? It's about three quarters an hour. Yeah. We watched the episodes of Fire Escape as well, which he hasn't seen. Farscape was a little hit and miss with me as well, watching some of the episodes. But did you listen to our bonus show, Thomas? I did. Good lad. (laughs) I listened to all the bonus shows, with the exception of one. And I should just go ahead and listen to it. I still have it downloaded and not listened to it. It's the Doctor Who episode. Oh, that were me. And uh, I assume Mike uh, turned it into something reasonable from the extremely spotty audio file I gave him, considering I was just literally passing the microphone back and forth between me and Jakob. (laughs) She hasn't seen Firefly either, so she had no idea what was coming with Dr. Horrible. Gasp. Yeah, I know. I said, you haven't seen Firefly? She was like, no. 
you have to understand, having not seen Firefly and having had limited exposure to Buffy, she had no idea of the way in which Whedon operates. Mm. So she was quite upset at Penny's feet. Bit of a punch in the gut for her. And said, yeah, that's uh, Joss Whedon for you. He makes you fall in love with the character, and then he kills them. <laughs> well, it was like in the uh, Doctor Who finale, wasn't it, where the young woman, lab assistant, oh, off. and the glass. Osgood. Osgood, yeah. That annoyed me. So could you make any comparisons between Jaws and George R. R. Martin with making you fall in love with the character and then whack gone? Yeah, Joss actually writes and delivers on time. <laughs> this is about like Wheel of Time. I got into it when he had written, I think, book 9, but I still had to wait the last several years for book 10, 11, 12, and 13. Unfortunately, <laughs> 10 was not worth the wait. <laughs> I rage quit after it. Oh, you should pick them back up. Brandon did an excellent job finishing up the series. I did. It wasn't as bad as I remembered. It was worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, does go on sometimes. The end was okay. Yeah, I wasn't quite expecting it to go the way it did go. Tuning into Sci-Fi TV. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Brent Barrett. I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. The viewer's guide to genre television. Welcome, everyone, to a special Supernatural-focused bonus Hello, everyone, show. and welcome to The Fae Files, a family of podcasts for the genre-loving television viewer. Welcome to Saturday Bee Movie Reel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Study welcome Group. Welcome to the top genre characters of all time countdown. And tonight, we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 3. Find us at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. Should we get this going, then? Yes. Okay. Thomas, as the guest, you get to select the language in which I count down. Let's do the good old Irish. A three, a doe, a hane. Flicky. Previously on Stargate Atlantis. Hmm. Okay, then. CGI lifted from Grace Under Pressure. Money in the Bank. Good episode, that was. Yes, it was. They did do a lot of CGI work for that. Mm-hmm. Who did they kill off for that? Because I can't imagine Rodney was piloting the jumper himself. No, I can't remember the name of the pilot either. He was a character we only just met in that episode, but valiantly gave his life so that Rodney would live. Ah, a one-shot. I watched the first five minutes of this, by the way. Hey, pal. Sorry I won't get to eat me today. There's a reason we found you. Really? Well, I had the camping Oh, splendid. I was able to run several ground-penetrating radar tests, you know, to test the dielectric permittivity of the region's subsurface. Always nice to have Zelenka get a decent part in an episode. Positive Radic episode. Fair play to Radic for being able to pronounce that. And <laughs> he had no idea what that meant. You're the one who volunteered to go. If I do something like that again, shoot me. Yeah, Ronan's not happy. Ronan rarely is happy. He's happy when he's getting great. Yeah. Get him home. Bath, hot meal. Oh, no. Why? Where's Atlantis? Oh, dear. <laughs> We've lost the city. <laughs> Who's flying this thing? John? Uh, I don't know. Is it cloaked? No, no, no. They would have radioed us about it. So what are you saying? We're lost? Oh, fetchy. Yeah. Are we there yet? Come on. Say it. Say it. What's with the knobs and the levers? That sounds very old school. Yeah, I mean, surely he can adjust the course just by thinking about it? Mm-hmm. Fluctuations in the magnetic here from the sunspots. There it is. Zap like bomb. See? No harm, no foul. He's petulant. <laughs> the only way to describe that expression is petulant. <laughs> Just land this thing. He's had a bad few days, you know. Dark night shot. You know, we rendered this, we're gonna use it as much as possible. Of course, save money. Each breath to cleanse you. Lotus position. Restoring your body. And spirit. At this point, we don't really know if she's talking to herself or not. Feel your mind clearing. <laughs> Slowly, Ronan comes into shot. That surrounds you. Yeah. He's probably sound asleep. Embrace the silence. I thought you had more. Snoring. Well, that you relax. Yeah. That's the whole point. He's relaxed. <laughs> they actually trimmed this scene a bit. In the extended scene, Ronan actually woke up and walked out of the room. Mm. That's it, Taylor. Leave him there. He'll be aching in the morning. Hello. Oh. <laughs> She's new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I do not understand. Ooh, tingly. Yeah. They do like to spotlight Taylor, don't they? Woman speaking in foreign language. 
Yeah, you, you think the rest were a little thinner, certain things should be showing through because of the cold. It's never cold in Atlantis. Yeah, be having a walk, ghost walk through you is traditionally cold. Traditionally. If it is a ghost, we don't know anything yet. Okay then, Echo Season 3, Episode 12 of Stargate Atlantis. This episode was directed by William Wearing. The story was by Brad Wright and Carl Binder, and the teleplay by Carl Binder. Had its world premiere in Canada, November the 27th, 2006. We got it in the UK, January the 17th, 2007. The Americans, April the 20th. The Swedes, October the 26th. And the Germans, January the 2nd, 2008. Lots of series with episodes of the same name. Nikita, Hotel, Dollhouse, Riptide, Stingray, Resurrection, Alias and Falcon Crest. I see. And we are back. Elizabeth, did you get my email? Which email? One of the seven today or one of the 18 yesterday? Surprise, surprise, she's wearing a red t-shirt. I'm shocked. Shocked. Yeah. <laughs> go on, let him keep him. So where do the other two go? No, I don't know how to make it any clearer for you. Well, I felt if I could just um, outline the reasons for uh, keeping them, you know, bullet point, very brief. It was 26 pages. <laughs> we hope to uh, persuade Stargate Command. Okay, so tell me. Who would you deprive of the other ZPMs? The Antarctic outpost? Well, no, because they needed to power the chair to protect Earth. Okay, how about the Odyssey, then? They're getting the other ZPM to help in their fight against the Ori. Mm. <laughs> no, we need them. Yes, good shields on, on the Daedalus class ships. You need that. Yes, we do. Please, can you start seeing the glasses half full? What do you mean, one-third full? Semantics. No more emails. Thanks, for How long without a ZPM and they were just holding it together? <laughs> Never mind, Rodney. I don't think Runner would hold back hitting somebody here. Because he's swinging pretty hard. Yeah. Bam Bam, of course, choreographed the fight. Lanny Jalera is Rachel's stunt double. I don't think he held back either. Hmm. He's There's something wrong with him. He's not just the fact that he was being miserable. Nobody really puts a hand on Ronan like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, dear. <laughs> I was tired. It was a long day. Hmm. To be honest, I... You don't care much for meditation. Never could sit still long enough for it. All the more reason for you to consider. Oh, she sees your woman again. <laughs> I stopped walking down that corridor. Oh, that footage looks familiar. Yeah, I was about to say, same exact footage. <laughs> what is it? Whoop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounds underwater. Woman. She stepped aside. Nice. Mm. <laughs> of course, every time somebody steps aside, that means they don't have to do a CGI effect. Mm -hmm. Going in the opposite direction to the ghost or the spirit is normally a good idea. Don't follow. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Barbecue. What's wrong? That's sunburn. <laughs> mm. Yeah, severely sunburned. What? I think now would be a good time to have a vacation, Taylor. The pressure is getting to you. What is he looking at? <laughs> the sea. So you need binoculars to look at the sea. Is there a window down there he's peeping through? <laughs> yeah. Huh. You can just see the new name badge. Rodney Mr. Peeps a lot. McKay. Hey. Of course, they've got the fans running off screen. Yeah. A simple effect, but it works. You've got the greenery as well. Oh, it's the kidding. What do you want to show me? Right there. It's his friend. Wow. Hmm. All that water. Just wait for it. <laughs> Rodney needs to get out more. It's my friend. He's back. Be careful. Hmm. Captain Kirk will come and nick it. <laughs> out of be whales, Captain. <laughs> the scan's clean. No sign of any physical abnormality. And we've seen devices that mess with people's minds, cause them to hallucinate things. Aye, but they've always had corresponding neural activity to indicate a problem. No, I'm afraid for the moment anyway, there doesn't appear to be any physiological reasons for hallucinations. Well, what usually you causing then? <laughs> Many ancestors died here recently. During the replicator invasion, the crew of the trio were all murdered. Yeah, so uh, what's the difference between her and everybody else? Oh, right. She can read the minds of Ray. And at the moment... 
as far as we know, she's the only explosion on the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ask me, it's too much meditation. <laughs> Yay, told you, ghost. Okay. <laughs> She just needs some rest. We've all been through quite a lot. There you are. Rodney, I told you. Oh, no, not you. I mean Shepard. Thank you. Mm. Nice. I mean, not that I don't want to talk to you. You can't be a part of this conversation. In fact, I think you'll probably find it every bit as interesting as... What are you saying? Check it out. Found it in the ancient database. They have a whole subsection on indigenous Lantean animal life. Did you know that there was a lobster-like crustacean down there the size of a Buick? Okay. (laughs) And what is that? That's Rodney's whale friend. Ah, but not actually a whale. Whale Whale-like, but not a mammal. It's a fish. It's a big, big fish. Did the ancients have a name for it? Yeah. Flagisalis. Oh, yeah, I thought they moved the ship. Didn't they move? Not yet. Oh, not yet. Right. Steady, Alan, steady. Sorry. You can <laughs> cut that out. Nope. <laughs> Probably the very same whale that saved me last year when I was trapped in that submerged jumper. Rodney is really interested in this. I don't think anybody else is. Been a year? <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. Sam? Well, uh, whoops. Uh, it's the whale. I named him uh, after Sam Antha Carter. That's personal reasons. You named him after Samantha Carter? Well, Sam's a boy's name, too. Oh. Okay, that's not oh. nice. You better hope she never hears about that. Mm-hmm. Because I uh, cross-referenced the renderings in the database with the whale outside, and you'll see the males have a rather prominent... Oh, it's okay. Uh, never mind. I'll take your word for it. Oh, no, no. No, no, of course not. No, I'm, I'm just um, dabbling in my free time. <laughs> free time? Rodan has free. Dabble away. Oh, dear. So these uh, whales, uh, did the ancients say they're good eating? Oh, you wouldn't. Now, let's not go like we did here on Earth and try to kill all the humpback whales. No, no, no. The commentary for this episode was William Waring, the director, and Brenton Spencer, the DP. Both said this was the first time they actually have watched the finished episode. Mm. That seems to be rather common among everybody that does the commentaries. Yeah, but this handle inside Taylor's quarters, with all that cloth around, I don't think it's very safe. <laughs> I don't know if they were joking. They said they got them from Pottery Barn. <laughs> As we have a guest who uh, probably has a pottery barn nearby. Not anymore, but it, it's very believable for them to get that pottery barn. I get the impression that nightwear that Taylor's wearing is probably picked up from Earth. Hmm. It doesn't look... Hello? Wait! Ah, now the subtitle says freaky foreign language. There may be a few questions asked with Taylor running around the city dressed like that. Dr. Kate is in the episode. Claire Rankin. Oh, I believe she's speaking in the ancestral tongue. You said she's afraid of the burn man? No, it is my sense that she's trying to help him. Whatever it is she fears, I do not know. Did you try to talk to her? Yes. What happened to the cute blonde psychiatrist? This has always been the psychiatrist on Atlantis. Who was the cute blonde? Who was talking just... Sorry? Wasn't that the demolition expert? No, she was a redhead. I seem to recall the cube bomb. I could be wrong. Claire Rankin, five episodes of Atlantis, playing Dr. Kate Hartmeyer. She's also been in House, Nikita, Saving Hope, Voyager and Charmed. Friend of Rachel Luttrell. Is that what she got on the show? It may have been a recommendation. Who knows? Doesn't really matter. Yes, they probably did brunch. <laughs> Maybe they believe I can help them to move on. Okay, then. That looks like a new shot. Yeah. I don't know why she's experiencing these visions, but she's always been one to shoulder a lot of emotional responsibility. She may be carrying some guilt over what happened to the ancients here recently. Well, why? It certainly wasn't her fault. No, no, of course not. But somewhere deep inside her, she may somehow feel complicit in the actions that led up to their murders. See, there's only so much mm-hmm. privacy when, you, when you're in a kind of a military-run establishment. Your psychiatrist is allowed to tell the commanding officer certain things. <laughs> yeah. She hasn't been sleeping well in the last few days. She's been complaining of headaches. Dr. Becca gave her a clean bill of health. Well, we'll just keep an eye on her. Hopefully it'll all pass. She's quite perky in the upper chest area, isn't she? It's just a t-shirt. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> but the impression you have to stop there because there's there's just a blank wall. There's nowhere for her to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is spreading. <laughs> yeah, now she can see her. So it's not tied to the breathability then, we guess. I wonder that they use eye drops because our pupils are quite dilated there. Well, that's why we come to you. Perhaps they believe that appearing to two people will increase the chance their message will be heard. If, in fact, they are trying to communicate something to us, or maybe it's just the power of suggestion. It's been documented that when one person sees a ghost, 
It won't be long before others around them see it too. Are we going crazy? Impressive scene this is. <laughs> the women of Atlantis. Yes, in red, white and blue. I wonder if that's a hint. <laughs> they got the opportunity to use a nice long camera lens for that shot as they walked along the long corridor. Seems a little different from using the steady cam, like they do quite often. Perhaps Dr. Beckett can prescribe something for you. For both of you. Hmm. I wouldn't trust him, he's a quack. <laughs> He's not a quack. He's only a, he's only somewhat morally ambiguous when it comes to uh, treatment for Todd. Yes, I've been working on this serum. Let me inject it and see what happens. You didn't feed him, did you? <laughs> McKay, give food away. Come on. <laughs> Huge. Another whale. Yeah, probably the mother. That guy's the size of a football field. Canadian football field. So the first one was a baby. Yeah. Hey, you want to take a closer look? Ooh, road trip. <laughs> Well, we don't actually have roads. Are we going to submerge the jumper again or just fly? Didn't know anyone was here. Do you need to use a jumper? Yeah, gonna check out some whales. Ronnie's on his way, he's just taking some Dramamine, but uh, yeah, we can take another jumper. Well, well just, just be careful. I'm not too sure if I fixed the navigational glitch. Uh, the other jumpers might be affected as well. This was the added scene. The episode ended up coming in a little bit short after the first edit. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, I will. Did you say whales? Whales? <laughs> Well, I'm surprised, you know, there isn't really a glitch with the jumpers. Hours of uninterrupted rest. <laughs> Around here? When does that ever happen? Well, both Dr. Heitmeyer and I think you should take the time to make it happen. See, just, just give him pills. That'll solve the problem. Medicaid. An interrupted rest that never happens around here. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, she was worrying more for sleepwear than she is wandering around wear. <laughs> Hey, oh, Carson as well. <laughs> well, that's a, a fancy hallucination. Hmm. <laughs> okay. When do you admit you're seeing things? So what happened to all the Atlantean beds that were there? Hmm. Good question. Again, this is another reuse from Grace Under Pressure. Yeah, obviously Rodney's not happy about this. <laughs> 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 You're alright. I'm fine. I just I never feel safe in these things underwater. Space, you're okay? Yeah, of course I am. Why wouldn't I be? So, Link, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Uh, the whales are deeper now, less than a kilometer from you in your two o'clock position. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> this base doesn't bother you, but underwater does. Should have a visual on them any moment now. Yeah, assuming the navigational glitch isn't. Going straight at them. Very simple effect. Mm. Works well. There's Sam. <laughs> oh dear. And there's Mama. Yeah, quite a little bit bigger. Need to get a closer look. Of course, Roland's reaction to seeing hallucination will probably be a little bit more violent. Yes. <laughs> Different hallucination though. Mm. I never saw anything. Me? No. Ronan? You saw them too. Is that deliberately nope. shot to make him look significantly taller than she is? Well, isn't he? Well, yeah, <laughs> but I don't think he's like two feet taller. Right, not too close now, okay? We still have no idea what these things eat. <laughs> Jumpers, that's what they eat. <laughs> anything smaller than them. I feel it'd be about like the Starlight does, to get back out. <laughs> So, uh, are these Atlantean Bowdons? Could be. Where'd they go? I don't know. This is good, this Oi. is good. Oh, <laughs> oh. They're right in front of you. Yeah, well, we're aware of that. That's one of the reasons. Something's so big you can't actually see it. It takes up the whole... It's not, it's not my head's right, too. That's not a coincidence. I don't think so. I'm falling back. Good idea. Perhaps it's the way echolocation mechanism it's, it's, it's creating uncomfortable vibrations which are, are, are yes radic we are moving away try to keep up okay oh my my what uh, I, i'm detecting several more whales how many more uh dozens more they're still several kilometers away from you but they're heading towards you proximity yeah feeling a bit woozy <laughs> doesn't handle pain well. Oh. Several? Oh, <laughs> it brought some friends. 
It's party time. Hundred. <laughs> Don't think more would have been an appropriate response. I think all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's never a good sign. No. In every sighting, two things remain constant. All the apparitions are ancients, and they all seem pretty worried. It is as if they are trying to warn us about something. Dr. Weir? Yes, Radek? Time to leave. Right away. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's their status? They're moving away from the whales. Hopefully that will alleviate their pain. John, this is Elizabeth. How are you holding up? Feeling like my head's about to explode. I'm fine. Well, seriously, there's not a lot you can do about it. You pipe the display down to uh, the room. But they're cutting us off. Oh. What happened? Whales are getting way too close. Why don't you get out of the water then? Yeah. Crap. <laughs> they're heading them off at the pass. Oh, oh dear. Rodney's out. Dave cut his face when he did that as <laughs> well. John, are you all right? I hope there's an autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> I would say blow the ballast, but I don't think there are any. Yeah. <laughs> Whee! There we go. We're out of the water. Rodney's in trouble. Have a medical team ready. Probably not the best EGI shot in the series. Mm. Worked okay. Beeping. Yes. Not just a beep, a bleep. It looks peaceful there, doesn't it? Their eardrums have been perforated. How? The whales are emitting an intense low-frequency pulse, like a like a sonar, as well as an EM field. The combination is very dangerous to humans, particularly in such close proximity. It's the whales! <laughs> oh, God, Rodney's annoying before, and now he's got damaged hearing. <laughs> the closer we got, the worse it became! Yes, yes, Rodney, we know! Oh! Yes, Rodney, we know. What? <laughs> 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 I'll come back. I am so disappointed they <laughs> left out this line. It was supposed to say, talk later, and then Rodney chimes in with Darth Vader. <laughs> I don't know why they cut it out. They didn't say why in the commentary, but damn shame it one left in. The signals they emit are their way of communicating with each other. Unfortunately, the closer they get to the city, the more it may affect the people living here. Move everybody up to the central tower. We are already being affected. Several of us are experiencing headaches, not as severe as Dr. McKay or Colonel Shepard, but... If these whales get any closer, turn on the shield. Well, that's interesting. You can actually hear the whale song inside the city. Or is that just a playback? Probably. If they are indeed trying to warn us of something, perhaps this is it. I first saw the ancient woman at the same time Rodney saw the first whale. Well, if that isn't a clue, I don't know what is. Investigate the whales. Okay, different corridor this time. Mm. <laughs> First time we've seen a German patch. No, there's a, at least one German female scientist. Or there was, anyway. Pain's going away. I think my hearing's getting better, too. Well, he's not yelling anymore. What about you? Perhaps John's ears aren't as badly damaged. Rodney! Or else he's <laughs> just a little bit more refined than Rodney. Canadian Football League's a joke. <laughs> Ooh. Celine Dion is overrated. Fighting words. Zelenka is smarter than you are. Hey! Found mention of a bio lab in the database. Ancient scientists used it to study animal life. We should check it out. Okay. Okay, they've been here nearly three years and they're still finding labs. <laughs> Big city. It's all in the database. You know, that part of it shouldn't come as a surprise. Buy some time until we figure out how to stop this. And how are you feeling? My head's throbbing a wee bit, but I'll manage. You? I'm fine. Here, painkillers. Yeah, more drugs. He just happened to have them in his pocket. I like my drugs. They're actually jelly beans, though. My drugs are useful. Well, that's a damn good question. Who said you could get out of bed? We're feeling a lot better. They're sneaking out of the infirmary. Yeah, we need to check out a lab. What lab? It's a bio lab turned up in my whale research. See, that's why you don't leave them the clothes. Formerly flooded. With the area finally repaired, we're now able to access it. According to the database, the ancient biologists used it to study animal life on the planet. There you go. That's why it took them three years. Such as uh, how to tell these whales how to get the hell out of here. But we won't know that for sure until I can have a look at it. <laughs> Damn reasonable, that is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Bugger off. <laughs> Don't come back. I need the beds. Dr. Weir? Go ahead. Daedalus just arrived in orbit. They're requesting permission to beam people down. That uh, wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> Probably not. 
No, it's let's the Lego ship. What do you mean, no? I'm afraid things down here might get a lot worse before they get any better. It's probably safer for you to stay up there until we can sort this problem out. All these scenes on the Daedalus were filmed, were filmed by Andy Makita. They had scheduling problems getting Mitch up to Canada. That looks like a bruise on her arm. Mm-hmm. Could be. Maybe when her and Run were sparring. I'm sorry. I do not understand. She's got a very focused gaze on her. I'll give her that. Mm. Patricia Nudd is playing the woman. And she wasn't rushing either. No. Been in the 4400, Supernatural, Killer Instinct. That guy is David Neal, Canadian actor. He's been in Almost Human, Fringe, Supernatural, and Battlestar. Game about Almost Human. Yep. Blood. That ain't good. Okay. You don't make that gesture to Shepard. This is it! And that room is the psychiatrist's office, with some of the chairs removed. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the windows, because it's exactly the same Louvre. <laughs> Let's see. So yeah, it may have been flooded, but there's no sign of water damage. They did build their control consoles and fixtures and fittings very well. Hey, Roman. <laughs> New toy for Rodney. Oh, look at that smile on his face. Did you put up the shield? Yes, but it only extends so far. And the whale's signals seem to be able to penetrate it. Well, we might be able to manage it if there are only a few dozen whales, but we're talking hundreds now. <laughs> that is a lot of whales. Yeah. Dr. McKay is checking out an ancient biolab. Hopefully there'll be some information there that could lead us to a solution. Yes. We're screwed. Well, we'll have to consider evacuating Atlantis until the whales leave. Supposing they don't leave. What are you suggesting, Colonel? <laughs> now, the military man is going to come mm. up with a military solution. Hmm. We're going to defend ourselves from some whales. Richard Dean Anderson would not be very happy. I think they're trying to help us. Help us? Come on, you should see this. I see your hearing has improved. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, old joke, but... <laughs> it's like a receiver calibrated to the specific frequencies on which the whales communicate. They spent virtually a full day shooting all these scenes in this laboratory. They were studying the whale's language, trying to assign frequencies to emotions and identify moods. All sorts of tree-huggy stuff. <laughs> tree-huggy. Not ghosts. Image projections. There appears to be a causal relationship with the whales. They may very well be what's been projecting the images to us, and this receiver should, from what I can tell so far, be able to interpret them. Seems like we've been going about this backwards. The ghosts aren't warning us about the whales. They're not? No. No, it seems the whales may be using the images to warn us. About what? Ah, well, that, uh, that I don't know yet. This is probably one of the most sci-fi explanations mm. ever. Mm -hmm. We're trying to talk to whales, but they only communicate in certain ways, so we have to get a translation of that into ancient. <laughs> and lots of work ahead for Rodney. Yep, of course. First guy we've seen. They got a lot of extras in for this. Mm-hmm. Expensive episode, then. Well, I don't know. Extras aren't expensive as long as they don't talk. Nice little touch, each scene, slightly different scenes. Mm. Me too. Self-medicate, Doctor. Self-medicate. I just spoke with Colonel Caldwell. The deadless infirmary is ready to beam up the sickest of the patients. Good. Taylor should be amongst the first to go. No, I'm staying. You're far too sick, dear. Well, I suppose as soon as they beam up, they will get better straight away, won't they? Because not being affected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just noticed this uniform. He is an ancient pilot. Carson looks a bit on edge. Carson, your nose. Mm. He's going to collapse into her arms. Go on, I dare you. I seriously doubt Elizabeth could hold Carson up. Yeah, but he'd slither down her in a very interesting way. Interesting for Carson. And the blood wouldn't show either, so... <laughs> <laughs> How's he doing? I don't know. He's taking a while. A lot longer than he usually takes. He can't hear you, you know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I was speaking in the third person. Needle him a bit. Who's that? The woman. The ancient woman. That's her voice, I'm sure of it. She's speaking ancient? No, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like the language. The phonetic rhythm is similar, but I don't recognize any of the words. That's because it's gibberish. Well, to be more accurate, it's an attempt at mimicry. It does sound mm. like language, though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. 
Now let's take a moment from Star Trek Four and put things through the water. Basically, they're saying it's like a parrot. While they were doing that, they experienced a traumatic moment, which the whales then stored in their genetic memory. And that's what the images we've been seeing are? Exactly. Reruns. Now, unfortunately, these whales are several generations removed from the incident, so they're um, finding the language a bit of a tough go. It's kind of like trying to sing the lyrics to the Macarena. You can send out the words, but you have no idea what you're singing. Where did Rodney come up with that reference? Yeah. Does anybody know what the Macarena even means? That's not really important, is it, really? As long as you can do the dance. Exactly. <laughs> John, yes, yes, I'm following you. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> See, normally when the ancients try anything like that, it goes spectacularly wrong. Mm. Incorporated a kind of um, acoustic language filter into the receiver. That's what's been taking me so long to figure out. Don't explain it, just turn it on. Yes. This episode will be five minutes short yeah. if Rodney just you're up. <laughs> The answer is no. Well, just hang on, hang on. If I um <laughs> play it backwards, they really should have a dedicated language expert on the city. Hey, wait a minute, play that back again. They may have one, but we never hear from them. Yeah, I mean, I thought this would be an excuse to uh, get Daniel. Mm -hmm. At least I can make out a few of the words now. In Cursus, something was attacked or overtaken. I'm meaning Atlantis. No, I don't think so. Adaris? It's Adaris. I don't know. They've arrived. Oh, that's a lot of oil. The Japanese wouldn't know where to start. Go ahead, Colonel. Sick patients have been beamed up. Our infirmary's filled. Why would the infirmary be filled? They should be fine now. Good point. Down here, so it's not really making much of a dent. Listen, whether these creatures are trying to communicate with you or not, at some point you're going to have to deal with them. If they don't leave... I'm sure there are options besides killing them. <laughs> Clean will work though. We figured it out. Well, actually, I did most of the figuring, but. Oh, yes, Rodney. <laughs> it's an ancient science vessel. About uh, 15,000 years ago, it ran into some trouble. The entire crew was killed except for the pilot. 15,000 years. <laughs> Ridiculous, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. What does? The ship got hit by a blast of radiation from the sun. It's a coronal mass ejection on a scale that dwarfs anything our sun has ever emitted. Ooh. They are fortunate that the ancients really did keep good records. Mm-hmm. This isn't good. The ancients have records of this class of CME occurring twice before. The ship was very close to the sun when it happened. It's a massive prominence. It arced up and then collapsed when the magnetic field surrounding it weakened. We're talking an intense proton stream traveling at over 4,000 kilometers per second. No. That's pretty fast. That's clever, though, being able to uh, move faster than the uh, proton stream actually get to Atlantis before it hit. Of course, a lot of concerns about solar flares for us. Mm. So what are you telling me? This is going to happen soon? Not soon. It's happening right now. Oh, dear. Yeah, well cooked. <laughs> I don't know why we bother, really. You know, we're all doomed. Sooner or later. Given what we've done to the planet, I'm not sure we deserve it anyway. Mm. She does not look good at all here. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to look at me? I'm a handsome devil. <laughs> <laughs> you feel better already just because I'm here. Too bad you're not a call here. <laughs> yeah, because that worked out so well for him. Yeah. How many episodes was it? Three, four? Nine. And got a lot done in those few episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he certainly did for a lot. <laughs> yes. Although in the books, he's 13. Yeah. I don't think even HBO would show that, though. Interesting idea. You know, the ancients obviously weren't worried about this mm -hmm. even before the wraith you, know, you thought maybe they'd have picked another planet and of course mm -hmm. why does the sun have to eject it towards them and not in any other direction in space it's possible that it's ejecting in every direction well the cgi that we come to see a bit later doesn't seem to indicate that yeah when that prominence collapses the coronal mass ejection will occur it'll erupt from a very small area truth be told a suspiciously small area but it'll immediately begin to fan out within a few million miles the blast wave will cut a swath wide enough to take out this entire planet. Not a good place to be, then. The prominence will collapse any moment now. After that, we have less than an hour before the radiation wave hits us. <laughs> Thank you. Bless you, Radek. Timekeeping and accuracy are very important. No doubt that's what caused the glitch in the jumper's navigational system. Not to mention our focus was on attack from the wraith, not the sun. Yet the whales were aware this was happening. Well, a lot of animals, whales, dolphins... Pigeons. ...are affected by the tiniest anomalies in the magnetosphere. It's as if their uh, internal compasses are somehow... Uh, those pigeons? Incredulous look. Yeah, homing pigeons, yes. I, I used to raise them before coming here. We uh, used to consult solar charts before our pigeon races. What other show would have pigeon racing in it? And I love Rodney's eventual reaction 
like it's only just come to him. Hmm. Well, the ancients were able to raise the shield and stretch it wide enough to protect a significant portion of the planet. Attenuated, to be sure, more of a thin bubble, but it was able to uh, block out enough of the radiation. And that's interesting because we have found evidence of mass extinction in other parts of the planet. Wow. Well, now we know what caused it. (laughs) (laughs) Small problem? The ancients had three ZPMs at their disposal. We, as you know, only have one. Maybe I was so insistent on keeping them because I, too, am able to sense trouble on the horizon. Just like a pigeon. No. No. No, he just Mm -hmm. wanted the power. (laughs) In the time it would take them to return, blast would almost certainly have hit us. How far can we extend the shield with one ZPM? Well, enough to cover the city and perhaps a little bit of the ocean surrounding it, but... We should evacuate just to make sure. Hey, we can't gate to Earth. Look, we need the ZPM's power for the shield. Yeah, I do. Basically, every option is being closed down, which means they're going to have to do some sort of Hail Mary maneuver. No surprise there. Look, the shield will protect the city from the initial blast, yes. But the entire ecosystem of this planet will be damaged beyond recovery for hundreds of years. Look, we're talking no plant life, which means no breathable air. No oxygen. Oh. You've talked it today. (laughs) (laughs) In fairness, she actually collapsed her head a lot harder than that. Yeah, Yeah. the fall did look a bit controlled. Do we get for wearing this in here thing? Oh, dear. Well, we've there goes your man. Damn, <laughs> a, a genetic diversity's been hit. <laughs> First fatality. He's annoyed now. One of his own is dead. Yeah, I'll start beaming people that. up to the ship as quick as possible. I want snack food, but it's slippery and slushy out there. I don't want to go and get it. Guess we are. Shepard. You got a plan? Crush, kill, destroy. Crush, kill, destroy. Eventually. Lot of pressure on John, really. There's a lot of scientists on board this city. Should come up with something. Yep, we do. No, 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 no. We don't have nearly enough power. Look, we can extend the shield 20 kilometers beyond the city, maybe. It'll be dangerously thin, and there's no way of knowing whether we can sustain it, especially under a radiation blast of 50,000 rem. Colonel Codwell, this is Shepard. Go ahead, Colonel. I think we have a plan. (laughs) We do? This is not a good plan. Sure it is. You realize just how close we'll have to get to the sun? Pretty damn close, I'm thinking. No, suicidally close. We'll be toast. See, always better safe than sound, its own carrying case, just in case you trip up on the way to the gate. The coronal mass ejection away from the planet. Like an umbrella. <laughs> this, this is the sun, and this, this is us. Yeah, so he said they had a bit of trouble finding a tablet with this touchscreen on. Shoot out of the photosphere at a tremendous velocity, okay? It is going to immediately start fanning out, like so. I know. Which means that we will have to be really close to the surface of the sun if we want to intercept that stream and deflect it before it can start spreading out. Okay, not the best artwork, (laughs) Rodney. (laughs) Where's all the equations? Of just how damn hot it gets that close to the surface of the sun. That's why we're taking his EPM. The shields are not impregnable, though. Rodney knows that he's trying to get that through to John. Who, as is the norm... Not listening. And everyone inside it. <laughs> He's pointing to himself when he says that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if this is such a great plan, why didn't the ancients do it? They were in the middle of a war. They probably didn't have a ship available at the time. And like you said, they had three ZPMs. Yeah, they didn't need to do anything that drastic. Oh dear. Colonel Codwell, we're ready. Okay, you better hurry up, lads. No, we're not. <laughs> Shepard might be, I'm not. <laughs> Rodney's grimace. <laughs> yeah, screw it, it's only a planet, we can find a different one. Yeah, but don't they need more than one ZPM to get the ship off the ground? Yep, they do. Work faster, Rodney. Yes. Hurry up, please, we're there. What, we got already? Not far to go. Good, Rodney. Rodney, walk fast. Rodney, save planet. Okay. <laughs> Who didn't bring the sunglasses? Position, Doctor. The shields are up. We need the extra power from that ZPM now. Yes, yes. I just need to... Uh-oh. What's happened? Oh, no. What? The prominence is fully collapsing into the photosphere. Brace yourself. It is a very narrow beam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Considering the amount of space that surrounds the sun, you know, and the directions it could go. Just a few degrees to one direction and it'll be missing the planet. Yeah. I mean, this looks spectacular. Yeah, it's just not scientifically... Yeah, all we're seeing is kind of the heat, the flame, but not proton stream 
that flying around everywhere. They don't really emphasize that. Mm. You never said anything about ours. Building up serious heat behind the shield. I told you this wasn't a good plan. Yeah, probably because it's pretty difficult to show, except on this computer screen. I think that's the idea. It's deflecting that. <laughs> so there's a cone of... Is Rona there to be expositioned? More than likely. So they're doing good. Yes. So far, anyway. I hope there's nobody in the front section of that ship. Temperature <laughs> inside the shield's rising too fast. But I'm already detecting several failed sensors on the bow. This thing keeps going. The heat buildup could damage the hull. Not good. It's already damaging it. We have a breach of the 302 bay. Seal it off. Oh. So evacuate everybody from the front. Three. From the center. <laughs> yeah. And people. Probably people. Yeah, there's normally one little body that flies out. Yeah. Looks a bit like hyperspace. Oh, and it's done. Nice use of colour as well, switching yeah. between the orange and the blues. I think we're dead. Nobody could have survived that. So, we're not toast. No, you're not. We're not toast. Definitely not. Good plan, huh? Are going to do it once then? Mm. You sure? Certainly. <laughs> Very reliable, unreliable star. Yeah, it's a shame you couldn't actually get the save, isn't it, Shepard? <laughs> Most of them are gone now. They began dispersing almost immediately. Not so much as a thank you. Not a th yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the funniest thing Weir's ever said. <laughs> oh, he's back. Is he going to make it this time, or is he going to fall asleep again? Well, I mean, meditate. I've meditated to fall asleep. You think that's chopsticks in his ear, or a lot of hairspray? Could be moose. <laughs> it looks incredibly rigid. Strong moose. Yes. Gel. <laughs> Don't make her angry. Nor did I. You wouldn't like her when she's angry. Mind if I join you? If you fall asleep one more time... <laughs> yeah. She was oddly pleased at that time. <laughs> yeah. got another I idea. Hit <laughs> me with that. Yeah, keep deluding yourself. Yes. You see, of course, in 15,000 years, when this lot aren't here, all those wells and their descendants are going to perish. Yeah. That's 15,000 years down the road. Who knows what happened then? They're gone, Rodney. Not all of them. Look. <laughs> yeah, perhaps they'll have evolved and. They'll be right. <laughs> yeah. And they'll be feeding on the whales. They'll be aquatic reef. Makes sense. He saved your life, now you saved his. Now you're even. And there Rodney stands. Very, very happy with himself. But for how long? Because, well, we know what's coming. Right then, that was Echo. Fun episode, that was. Mm-hmm. That it? Does this episode take into account, or does the episode in which we have some time trouble happening here take into account the chronal prominence? What do you mean? The episode where uh, McKay goes through time. McKay doesn't go through time. Shepard. Oh, Shepard goes through time, yeah, sorry. 40,000 years in the future. Yeah, I wonder if that episode takes this into account. Oh, interesting. Perhaps, that, yeah, perhaps that's part of the problem, you know, kind of turns to an ocean world into a desert world. We'll see when we get to that episode. Yes, uh, season four, episode 16. Oh, long, long time then. I don't know. That's the number my brain has supplied me with. It's probably completely wrong. Well, I shouldn't have said anything. I want to check. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would have come across as so knowledgeable. <laughs> and if somebody else had wanted to check and emailed in, then we'd have been glad of the feedback as well. <laughs> well, just cut out the bit where I say I'm not sure. <laughs> of course, we'll leave that in. <laughs> William Wearing, the director of this episode, he directed 13 episodes of SU-1. 16 of Atlantis and 9 of Universe. He also directed episodes of Continuum and the current series Strange Empire. Carl Binder, who wrote the episode, he wrote 2 episodes of SG-1, 14 of SGA and 6 of SGU. He's also written for Cedar Cove, LA Complex and Transporter the Series. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have a few Stargate-related birthdays this week beginning on the 3rd of February with Michelle Green and Terry Chen. Michelle appeared in the SG-1 episode 100 Days as Lara and developed an interesting relationship with Jack and left us with an interesting question. Terry played the enigmatic monk in the SG-1 episode Maternal Instinct and one of the few to push Daniel right to the edge 
aka Jack's normal state of mind when talking to Daniel. On the 4th, it's the birthday of Brandy Ledford, former model who appeared on both Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis. She played Zarin in SG-1 episode Endgame and Narina in the Atlantis episode Inferno. The 7th of February means birthdays for James Bader and David Nichol. James, of course, gave us the original Daniel Jackson from the theatrical feature, and David is a fan favourite as Zelenka on both SG-1 and Atlantis. More birthdays over the next week, so keep your eye on Twitter and our other portals. Alas, no direct feedback this week, but lots of chat on Twitter, which has a fantastic Stargate following. And we've only just dipped our toe in that. You'll find a wide range of fans of the franchise who all add their own passion to the community. And many of those involved behind and in front of the camera have a presence. Worth checking out. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason, then you can find our contact form on the website, which is gatecast.co.uk, where you can send us an email or voice recording using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Google+. You can search for Gatecast or Stargate in general, which should pop up. And we're also on Twitter, at the Gatecast, which is one word. Our show and feed are carried by iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. And if you fancy giving us a rating on either iTunes or Stitcher, that would be great. Okay, let's wrap this episode up. Come try ya! Okay then, that was Echoes. Uh, mm, go on, Alan. I weren't that far off. It was season four, episode 20. What, the finale? Apparently. The last man. Yeah, sounds about right. Okay then, that was Echoes. Next week we are back with SG-1 and The Road Not Taken. At this point we don't know who will be joining us. If anybody, tune in and find out. On the next Stargate SG-1, Sam is transported to a parallel dimension. Nor I are assembling a fleet for a full-scale attack on Earth. Where her skills are needed to save Earth from the Ori. You're the woman who saved the world. Do you have any idea what kind of political capital that's worth? But no, they won't let her return home. We told her if she helped us, we'd let her go. She's not going anywhere. On the next Stargate SG-1. Okay, Thomas, thank you very much for joining us. I know there was a bit of back and forwards over Facebook chat between you and Alan, (laughs) setting this one up. Yeah, last minute, not so good, but once we have just a little bit of planning, I'm game to go. Well, it should never be last minute. We always want to do this, so it's you, sir, you or whoever's guesting on the show. We try to make sure that we can accommodate you. Mm-hmm. And we should have a couple episodes coming up, so we can plan those out here soon. Thank you very much to everybody that's listened to us. That was Echoes. Next week, The Road Not Taken. I hope you join us for that. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And this is Thomas. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Gatecast hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.